0: Uh, we're continuing our series called Rise Above and uh, you know this past week i began to write the next portion of this message and had all a bunch of notes scribbled out came back after lunch and god chose to switch it on me and uh, so we were going a little bit a different direction but i really kind of sat on that theme of apathy and so this morning as we talk about Rise Above We're going to talk about apathy part two. So rising above apathy part two. So that's the title of this series or this message this morning. Now when we think about rising above, don't we all have something in us that wants to rise above our current circumstances, that wants to be a little bit better tomorrow than we are today or maybe by the end of the month or the next year? And we all hope 2021 is a much different year. Isn't there something deep inside that keeps your faith alive, even in the midst of everything that's going on through, and maybe a little bit of a desire to be an overcomer, to be one of those people with an awesome testimony that talks about how God worked in your life or how you thought it was all done, your life was over, or that circumstance was over, and God provided in such a powerful way. Don't we want to be overcomers in that way? Isn't there something that rises up within us that says we want our faith to grow, and to rise so that we can see God working at us in that way. That ability to not give up, to not give in, to keep pressing forward in our faith no matter what happens, no matter what stands in our way, no matter what the obstacles are. This is what rise above is all about. It's calling something more out of us. It's calling something more out of you. It's calling something more out of me. You see, we need to build up a resolve and to dig down deep and say, we will rise above. And not only just state we will rise above, but begin to believe it. Let it get deep down inside that heart. Let that seed begin to germinate in your soul. But when we begin to declare this truth, things will undoubtedly come up that will try to convince us that we are foolish to believe that we can rise above our current circumstances. We should just stay where we are. We should just stay at the earth level. Let gravity keep you down. And the struggle that we see is real life (laughs) happening to real people. Have you ever heard of Murphy's Law? You know that law, right? If anything can go wrong, it will, and at the worst possible moment. Wow, we had an illustration of that this morning. Worship team, the internet was down. We we're trying to get our music and trying to figure things out. It was a little, little hectic. Here's a, The church also has a subset of Murphy's Law. See if any of this sounds familiar. And Some of this happened this morning. The year's lowest attendance occurs when the district superintendent makes a surprise visit. It's just Murphy's Law. Members living 15 miles away will be 15 minutes early. Members living two blocks away will be 15 minutes late. Murphy's Law. Projectors and computers and microphones all work perfectly before the service begins. But as soon as service begins, there's a sound demon that comes out somewhere and decides it's going to wreak havoc on everything we're doing. When all five points of the sermon begin with the same letter, and people don't even remember that letter... It's Murphy's Law. Ouch. When you're right, nobody remembers. But when you're wrong, nobody forgets. The previous pastor is to blame for everything wrong in the church until his successor leaves. Did you ever notice that the shorter the agenda, the longer the meeting And no matter how many show up for worship team practice, and it's pretty much the same number week after week, there's always one more copy of music needed. I don't know how that works. And did you also notice that, you, that if the church furnace or the air conditioning unit wants to take a sabbatical, it usually does on a Sunday. Rest of the week it's working fine. Sunday comes, and there it goes. Do you also ever notice that maybe the concern for needy, the the people that are needy, increases with the distance? The farther they are away in other countries, oh yeah, let's let's go and help them. But people right next door, not so much. Murphy's Law. And there's just a few things about Murphy's Law for churches. And one of the things that I know is when we begin to declare that we are going to rise above our current circumstances there will be things that will test our resolve. There will be things that will test our commitment to rise above our current circumstances. And this really begins to show up when we declare that we will rise above apathy to allow ourselves to be used by God in powerful ways. Why? Because we have an enemy that wants you to stay in apathy. He wants you to remain there. He wants you to continue to be grounded He wants the gravity to continue to hold you down and hold you back. And so there's no no doubt that when you begin to declare that you're going to rise above and God begins to do something in your life and you feel that that faith beginning to rise, that he's going to try to squelch it as fast as he can. Now last week, just a review of apathy. Apathy is defined as a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. I also define it as a loss of passion or going through the motions. You know, Scripture talks about how we, you know, there are people out there that say they follow Christ, but they deny the power at work in them to transform them. And that's the kind of Christianity that many people have. It's the kind of Christianity that says, oh yeah, I'm a believer, but you don't see the fruit. You don't see the life transformed. You don't see the life change. And how easy it is for every one of us. This is for me. This is for you. Every one of us to just go through the routine, go through the motions of worship and just do what we always do. And last week we talked about Moses and we talked about how he allowed God to disrupt his routine. He was out taking care of the sheep. All of a sudden there was a fire and he disrupted his routine to see what that fire was all about. And we need to allow God to disrupt our routine, and we saw a little bit about that this morning. We lingered a little bit more in worship today because we sensed that that's what the Spirit was doing. The next part is hearing the need. So we allow him to disrupt uh, disrupt our routine, and then we hear the need. We hear the needs of those around us. We hear the needs of people around us, and quite often if we're praying for open doors... God will send people our way to see if how, we, how we will respond. Because the next part is we do something with what he told us. We do something. We hear the need, then we do something about it. But it is when we declare that we will rise above apathy that Murphy's Law comes into light, where it seems like nothing goes right. So what do we do? we retreat back to our routines. Instead of hearing the need, we focus on our own needs and our own problems. So if we're doing that, we're not hearing the need because our ears are plugged. We only want to hear what we're going through. And we're not doing anything because we're only doing stuff for ourselves. So we do nothing. But we see this life, and we see this in the life of the Apostle Peter, where he followed Jesus, he walked on water. Peter made some pretty bold and strong declarations about who Jesus was, that he was, in fact, the Son of God. He declared that he would never, ever, in a million years, turn his back on Jesus. I added a little bit there. But when the challenge came after he declared that he was going to rise above everyone else and he was not going to deny Christ, his his resolve, when he was brought to that point, folded. But the one thing that's great about Peter in this moment is it's an illustration that this is not the end of the story for Peter, nor is it for any of us. He made this declaration in Matthew chapter 26, verse 35. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Even if I have to die for you. It's something we don't always catch. But, and the other disciples said the same. They followed Peter. Whatever Peter says, Jesus, we're going to do what he said. I will rise above the rest, Peter said. I will never deny you. But we know the story. Though he made these firm declarations, there came a time when his resolve was tested. Would he do what he said he would do or would he not? The problems came and he feared for his life. Yes, the very life that he said he was willing to give. And his declaration became nothing but a whimper. It meant nothing. He went right back to living at the ground level not rising above like he declared that he would do. And as we've continued in this series, that serves as a warning for each one of us. It's so easy to get pulled back in to the junk of life. We know that COVID and everything that we've gone through has caused a lot of people to reevaluate what they think is important. But how easy it is to just go right back to the way that it was. We've come together, and we're able to meet together and worship together and be able to talk, even if it's with masks on. At least we're together, and we're worshiping the Lord together. How easy it would be be just to go back to the same old routine and just show up and leave and put your time in and walk away. See, the gravitational pull works to keep us down. It's too tough. see, Pastor, I I want to rise above, but I'm watching the news, and it just keeps pulling me back down. It keeps reeling me back in to this side and that side and the other side and what they believe and what this other person believes. Simple solution. There's a little red button usually on your remote. It's called an off button. Just do it. Just do it. Push it. Push the button. You can do it. Or if you really just need TV, mute the volume and just watch the pictures. It's always fun. Make up your own new story. Or maybe you'd say, Pastor, I want to rise above, but life keeps coming at me. And every time I turn, every time I make that declaration, every time I take a step, I find myself right back to where I was before. It seems like something is always going wrong for me. That's where we begin to declare God's promises for your life. And you begin to focus on the many blessings that he gives. You have to declare the promises. You have to make the decision. You have to allow God's spirit to be at work in you, to bring that change. You're not going to do it on your own. And what I'm trying to say this morning is this. If you make that declaration, if you put a line in the sand, I can guarantee you that there will be attacks. There will be tests. There will be challenges. They will tempt you to only to see the negative things in your life. They will tempt to pull you back in. But what are we called to do? Rise above. That's what he's called us to do as his believers and as his church. Make this a practice. When the test comes, say to yourself over and over, I will rise above. I will rise above. I will rise above. (laughs) However you want to say it. However you want to state it. However you want to encourage yourself in it. Whatever part you want to emphasize, maybe not the I so much, because you need some other power there at work. I will rise above. No. But you can rise above, because we have his spirit living in us. We are overcomers according to his word. So we take a lesson from Peter and the other disciples. Don't try to rise above in your own strength. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to make things happen. It's not going to. You see, they declared it. They committed to it. They said that they would never deny him. Peter said he would never deny him. But when the test came, they could not back it up. They couldn't live up to their own standard that they set, to the declaration that they put forward. But then when we pick up the story after the crucifixion of Jesus, where do we find the disciples? hiding away you see the very men that said that they would rise above they were brought right back to the gravitational pull of life they're brought right back to the ground level and haven't we all experienced this at one time or another we've made promises to god or maybe we've said man god if you do this i'll do this maybe you had some declarations that you didn't keep Some things that you declared with full strength, saying, I'm going to do this thing, and it didn't happen. You know, when I was a teenager, preparing for my driver's license, I didn't pass the first time the driving test. So I had to go back a second time. And being the strong believer that I was, very theologically accurate at the time, I remember praying, God, if you only allow me to get my license, I'll be in church whenever the doors are open. Quite a declaration. Of course, I went to the, you know, the normal church. You have the Wednesday night service. You have the Sunday, uh, Sunday school. You have Sunday service. Now, did I go to church quite a bit? Yeah, I did. But did I go every time the doors were open? Mm, not quite. See, we can all declare that we'll rise above. We can all declare that we will never in a million years deny Jesus. We can have the great bumper sticker on the back of our car stating so that we'll never deny the Lord Jesus. We can declare that the lost loved ones are going to be saved and that friend will be healed. See, declarations are easy. Anybody can speak a declaration. Anybody can write a sentence or speak it out. But it is in the continuing to follow when the tests come when the tests come in our life, that becomes the greatest challenge, doesn't it? When we don't see what we declare happening right now, it's continuing to follow through, continuing to believe despite what we see that becomes critical. How does that happen? How do we take those steps past apathy? How do we rise above when it feels like so much is pulling us back? And trying to hold us down. The first part of that is exactly what we experienced this morning in worship. It's putting yourself in the presence of Jesus. Why? Because this allows us to rise above life below, it allows us to rise above an earthly mindset in the way that we think about things. And this is where we find the disciples in that earthly mindset. You see, despite their declarations, the disciples are hidden away behind closed doors. But again, that's not the end of the story. A dramatic shift begins to take place when Jesus enters the room. Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 41 said, And as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking that they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. I want to say to you this morning is this, even if you found yourself on the wrong side of your declarations, even if you have declared that you would rise above and not followed through, Christ comes into your room, the room of your hiding, the room of your shame, and begins to declare peace over your life. What he is saying is it's okay You can be at peace. You can live in peace. Whatever you have done, whatever the challenge, whatever the problems, even if you completely messed up and did the opposite of what you declared, Jesus walks into the room and declares peace over you. You may be sensing that right now, walking into the room of your heart, saying, peace. You don't have to live this way, you know. There's a better way. One thing that we know is when God declares something, it happens. We see that in the book of Genesis when he says, let there be light, and there was light. Immediately it happened. So when Jesus speaks peace, fear that was in that room dissipated. It was gone when Jesus spoke the word. So immediately there was peace in the room, not fear. And we read in other parts of scripture where the Bible says that perfect love Casts out all fear. So when perfect love enters in the room, fear is gone. Fear dissipates. The motivation to live up to our declaration should come not out of fear, but peace, knowing that whatever God has spoken, whatever comes our way, both the good and the bad, The peace knowing that God is in control despite what we see. When you can live with that at the forefront of of your mind, you do not live in fear. You don't have to live in fear, hidden away. You live in peace and boldness. You see, and really to begin to rise above, we must sense the peace of God in our circumstances. We must allow Jesus' presence to give us peace so that when we evaluate the situation, we're not going by our own emotions, which can take us all over the place. But we take it to God's word and the perspective of that so that we can know that we know that we know that God is in control. That brings peace to me. I don't know if it does for you, but just knowing that whatever happens, good and bad, God is in control. You see, because the presence of Jesus gives us the ability to take the first step to rise above because when he enters the room, all fear dissipates. What else helped them to rise above? We see in Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 48. It says, Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. See, gone were the days of just following this teacher around that said he was the Messiah. They were not really sure where all this was going, and they had hoped that maybe it would overthrow Rome and end Roman occupation in their land. But now they're given a purpose, a reason, something clearly mapped out for them to do. They were to proclaim the message of forgiveness of sins to all who repent. That became their purpose statement, their reason for living, and yes, their reason for dying. We are being called to rise above. We are still living out that mission passed down to us today. Don't get distracted by the things going on around you. We have a mission to fulfill. We have a vision for the world that has been passed down for thousands of years, from one generation to the next. And each generation has done its best to try to accomplish that goal. Over and over again, we've seen through the generations and the revivals and the things that have happened around our world that God has been at work and God has used one generation in one way and a different generation in another way. And He's doing the same thing today. It doesn't end with this generation. We cannot let the baton fall. The mission needs to continue until the return of Jesus Christ. It's not done. It is not over. It has not been accomplished. That is why we continue to keep our eyes on the prize, why we continue to say we're going to rise above the circumstances. This is why we persevere. This is why we press on. Why do we rise above apathy? We recognize that we have been given a mission. We have been given a purpose, and we must continue to rise above so that Christ can be glorified in and through us. And here's my last point this morning. What else do we need to rise above apathy? We need the power to accomplish the task. The power to accomplish the task. This is where the rubber hits the road. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. You see, God has given us his Holy Spirit. This gives us the power of discernment. This gives us the boldness to witness. Jesus saw how they declared things in their own power, and how well did that go? Not so well, did it? Their declarations had no power, but he knew that when they began to speak in the power of the Holy Spirit, that they would be able to back it up. There would be no more empty declarations for these men. No, they were not perfect. But they were allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to work through them. Their bold declarations would pierce the heart of mankind, cause many people to repent and to be baptized for the remission of sin. They caused miracles to happen. And these are still words that we read today as a testimony And also as an encouragement to his church. That the Holy Spirit didn't end. That the God we serve is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he continues to work that way today. And how does he work that way? Through his followers. Through his believers. Walking and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. This power gave them the ability to rise above persecution. And in the face of death, they did not deny the Lord their Savior. In their own strength, they denied him. They ran away. They hid. In the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, they were bold. They spoke truth. They spoke love. They spoke, spoke repentance. And people came to Christ and groves. Romans 8, 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If you're a believer in Christ, that Spirit lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. How do we rise above apathy? We experience God's peace because we know He is in control. We don't have to live in fear. Even if we've messed up, even if we fell flat on our face, we accept the mission, we recognize that there's a call on His followers. And I don't remember the call saying, "Go to the church every Sunday morning and sing songs to me and hear my word, and go home and do nothing." Don't remember the mission called that way. It was to go into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. And the Holy Spirit, that is what defines a believer in Jesus Christ. We accept the mission. And number three, we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the tasks that he set for us to do. Let me make it more specific. The Bible says that he has given each one of us divine appointments. There are tasks for you to do. There are things that only you can do that Pastor John cannot. There are people that you know that Pastor John doesn't know. There are people you interact with every day that I do not know. And that's why it's for every believer in Christ. It's not just a professional evangelist or a professional pastor. For every believer, we are called to reach our circle. That's where it begins, in the Jerusalem. And then it continues to spread out from there. We continue to rise above. Despite our circumstances, despite what we see, we walk forward in faith and allow that faith to rise up within us. Let me just say a word of prayer. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you've encouraged us and you've given us the ability to be filled with your Holy Spirit, that we can walk in this uh, newfound life. We don't have to rely on our own strength or power, but Lord, you've made your Holy Spirit available for us And that's all we have to do is ask. Lord, fill me, fill us with more of your spirit so that our every step, every day would be directed by you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to rise above circumstances. And I pray that right now, whatever we're hiding from, whatever we're going through, whatever we continue to face in our lives or in our family's life, walk into the room right now and say, Peace. Speak your peace into our hearts and lives today because we can fully trust you. And Lord, help us to see the mission that you're calling us to as a people. Cleanse us and make us new. Forgive us, Lord, for times that we've not stepped forward in the way that we should have. Forgive us, Lord, for missed opportunities. Help us to be more aware of those things every day pray these things in jesus name amen let's all stand i just want to read a scripture a passage to you this morning from john chapter 20 verses 19 through 22 and it talks it's another part of uh this is the way john tells the story here it says that sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the jewish leaders suddenly jesus was standing there among them and peace be with you he said As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hand and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. As you leave today, consider yourself sent. And go in the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish all that God sets before you this week. In Jesus' name, we pray those things, and I pray that and declare that over you today. Amen. Let's rise above. God bless you.